Chris Bueno. We all tuned into Caging It with Chris Radio Show. Alright, five, four, three, two, one, and we're recording. What's good, man? What's, What's up, Embu? What's How you on, been, man? brother? Yeah, I'm chilling, I'm chilling. I'm- yeah, bro. Um, so I met you, what, three months ago, four months ago? Beginning of the semester. Three or four months, yeah. So I hadn't really talked to you like in depth up until like, I, I want to say Halloween or the day before Halloween. For and, sure. And we just like threw little like crumbs at each other, you know what I mean? Just getting to know each other. Yeah. It was one of those like, I'm going to start showing like who I am. He's going to start showing who he is, mm-hmm. feeling each other out. I feel that. Because before that, we would just go to rugby. And I know I know, I met Embu because um, that, because I joined rugby this past semester. So one of the things about this team, man, and uh, just for the content of the people listening, mm-hmm. the context, excuse me. I've been playing for five years. Um, rugby is a sport kind of like no other. I don't mean to say that as someone who plays rugby, but at least from my experience of playing different sports and being from a high school that didn't have rugby, this this there's no other sport that gives you the balance of like like ferociousness in between you know the plays in between the the couple minutes of just like legal violence, right? While also giving you the the the, the freedom to to express yourself on the field you don't have to be locked into a certain position to do only certain things as well as like no other sport may, like like kind of teaches you to go drink with like your your the people you played against or like or, or to hang out with your teammates and really get to know them because i mean uh a quarterback might know his uh right guard right. pretty well you know but like we're, we're not tom brady we're not in the nfl like you're not going to know each other on like a really interpersonal level but i feel like when you get to college it's, it's, it gives you the opportunity to kind of explore new parts of yourself. I mean, at least in my perspective, when I came here, I had no like goals for like post undergrad. Right. There was like four rugby players in the past like five years that all went on to get master's degrees. And it, it started within the culture of the team. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure there's other teams that experienced that, but I just want to express that like, like this, this team gives you the opportunity to connect with people and express things. It's just, it's so cool, right? It's so dope, and it's crazy because before I joined, I just thought of it as like a meathead sport. And don't get me I wrong, mean, I'm, I'm I'm a meathead too. And it's crazy because you, especially like for me, I always tend to find one or two fucking meatheads that that, that read, bro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. We're all definitely a bunch of chains, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we're just illiterate apes. It's cool. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, there's a couple of us that I know. I don't know, man. And they probably haven't picked up a book. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I don't know. I, I tend to find conversations more fun that way, especially when, like, look at us, brothers. How, how many people do we have on the rugby team right now? About 22, 23. Dude, I, I can't talk to Alex about books. You know what I mean? Like, I love Alex. I love talking to the motherfucker. But, I get it. But, I mean, it just... It, the stuff that I want to talk about usually doesn't like pan out the way that I want it to go. I get it. So I just have to like kind of not change who I am, but just like I don't know, lower the volume. I get, lower the volume is definitely a good way of putting it. I I never I never tell people to change who they are at their core. Yeah. But I think you'd be a fool if you thought that like the people who are like, oh, I'm I've never changed. I've never changed. And they think that's like an admirable yeah, trait. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, if you're if you're not growing from all your interactions or from day to day interactions, like you're probably not someone that anybody wants to talk to, you know. Right. And the worst part is, people like me and you are probably going to meet more people like that than people like us. Right. And so the unfortunacy is, is while you're growing every day, you're going to have to kind of temper your growth right. or watch your growth a little bit when you're around some people. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with people like that either. Yeah. Bro. Like there's, there's just. 
different people like different things, That's different awesome. upbringings. Definitely true. Speaking of upbringings, like just what. How, how did you grow? Because I know you're African, right? Yeah. So I was born here in the States. Just a heads up. My yeah. boy Ambu's black. <laughs> <laughs> so if I say the N word, if I say nigga, y'all can't say anything. <laughs> now I'm playing. But I was born in Corpus Christi, Texas. But um, I, I lived in South Africa for about a year, about a year or two. Okay. My full name is Mbulelo Kanyani Mangungo. And so my parents are Osa, uh, as we call it. And so uh, if anybody's familiar with... Um, like South African history, or they've just heard of like Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Same tribe, same culture. And uh, there's many cultures in South Africa. We have like, like I think seven plus official languages for the country, including English That's and stuff. Crazy. And so, um, uh, I mean, growing up, just to touch back on, you know, one of my bigger passions, I watched rugby, but never got to play it. You know, I was too young. And I came to the States and of course, Texas football, yeah. that's the thing here. Exactly. So I grew up playing football. And so I was kind of, I definitely, I think, the most growth I ever experienced in my life that kind of made me who I am, and maybe other people feel the same way too, but it was definitely high school. In high school, I started playing music. I started uh, fucking around in like one act plays and theater. Yeah. Just kind of getting to understand myself. And then obviously my great, my favorite classes were my English classes and uh, of course my sports. And so it kind of all blended together to give me a balance of like football taught me how to push myself. Cause you know, for better or worse, we all have to, there's a moment in your life where you're like, damn, I can't be comfortable all yeah. the time. Like what? So football gave that to me. It told, it told me what perseverance is where my English classes and my music taught me like how to be creative. So yeah. I try to combine both of those and hopefully make something of my life. And it kind of brought me to where I am now. I, I, I'll give credit to baseball for a lot of like my athletic abilities, just cause yeah. I mean, it, it's, I, I personally think it's the hardest sport that I've played and I've played basketball. I've played um, football, I've played rugby, <laughs> um, just everything, bro. Tell me about it though. If you don't want me asking, like, how, how, uh, how could, how could, how, why do you feel that way about baseball? I don't know, bro. It just takes a certain kind of person to stay in front of a 80 to 90 per hour ball getting hit at you. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more of, I guess, a habitual thing, but it takes a lot more years to build up to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I, I think that that's, that, that's why in rugby or in football, I'm not afraid to like hit people just because bro, I've broken a cheekbone because of baseball. I've, I've taken like balls to the chest, everything. And that hurts. You know what I mean? And, but that hurt taught you something, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. 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 And oh, I guess that, that like is good for my athletic background. Like you said, it helped with a lot of like perseverance, not giving up. Um, just being a, a good team player, being able to, coexist with people from different kinds of upbringings and like and then as i got older i um i was brought up in the church bro so from the time i can denomination uh not denomination not denomination yes but i would say closer to baptist kind of kind of thing um yeah it was i don't know bro growing up in the church did a lot for me too and i think what i was trying to get out with that is that's where my love for music came in without even like me even knowing it oh yeah i just finally drew like connections between the Christian music that I was listening to and uh, the music that I listen to now, mm. there's a lot of guitar, bass, like ambience, the voice, the voices like are, are similar. You know what I mean? I get it. No, it's I, I mean, so, something I've heard is that like music's the international language. Yeah. You know, like we, we, people hundreds of years ago, you know, when they traveled and probably enslaved and pillaged people, uh, well, <laughs> when they, when they did those things, they didn't come speak in the same language, of course, but sometimes they would understand like if a song is a like a like a joyful kind of happy song right, right. songs more you know kind of more mourning or like in reverence yeah so i definitely can understand how like you you piece those pieces together 
And uh, again, not to toot your own horn, but since you brought me on your show, I will say something that I heard a lot growing up is that you'll find in life that there's people who can look at the sky and see stars. There's some people who look at the sky and don't see any stars, but there's people, very few people, who look at the stars in the sky and connect dots. And I think that like in life, very intelligent people who might not be like conventionally intelligent in our society, right. they could connect those dots. And again, like I, I think I see that, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, so, thanks, bro. Yeah, just going into middle school, uh, I, I, I was in band. Bad. You know, it's per- they, they tried putting me on clarinet. <laughs> Dude, I was upset, bro. And that, I, I grew up watching the drummers play at Cherish. And yeah. I just wanted to play the drums, Cushions bro. and yeah. shit. And you're like, you can't pull bitches on the yeah, clarinet. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I don't play no flute. Exactly. Maybe, you know what I mean? exactly. So I, I went home. I was like, mom, dad, like, this guy's gonna put me on flute. I, I don't want to do it. Like, I'll take me out of band. So, I mean, I sound like a bitch, but, like, my parents wouldn't complain. But that's what I wanted to do, you know? I'll get you. I'll get you. I, 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 I Honestly, think if my parents didn't do that for me, I would have hated music. Because imagine me playing a clarinet, hating myself for that whole year. It, it would have been tough, bro. I definitely, I mean, I'll be, I'll be fair. I actually played the flute for like six years. Right. So, like, I mean, I can understand some people's perspective that like, damn, if you're, if you're putting something that you just absolutely hate, yeah. you're definitely going to just have a miserable experience. Right. But I guess the, the beauty of like people is that like I definitely had a different perspective. Yeah. I hated the flute for a solid year. <laughs> but like something about like You gotta have them lungs for that hoe, dude. That but I think the biggest thing I took away from it is like I still have a flute. It's dusty in my closet, but at least I learned how to play me like, read music. Right, right. That's the beauty I think of why I think every kid should be a part of a uh, some music program. Right. Is like, yeah, you could freaking run a fucking like four point uh, 40 or something, be super fast. But like, I feel like it makes you a well-rounded person if you can read music, understand exactly. music, you know? And understanding music's a big part of it, too. Yeah. Bro. I, I didn't, I guess, well, the church built up, like, the the curiosity for it, and then the band kind of answered that back. Hmm. It, like, minimally, like, to, 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 like, just notes, like you said, uh, time signatures, exactly. uh, keys, exactly. stuff like that. And it just made me like it even more, and it opened the doors to... I don't know, to, to me, eventually starting my own band in high school. Okay. You know what I mean? I got kicked out of band in eighth grade, though. We, we, <laughs> you got to tell that story. Oh, dude. We uh, had this dude, Jacob Cox. Fucking rest in peace, Jacob Cox. He didn't die, but fucking <laughs> I haven't seen that dude in a couple of freaking years, man. But he, he's one of the smartest dudes I know. He, oh, he's yeah. one of those guys that has, um, like, I didn't understand it when I was younger or that age, but he was a little esoteric. Okay. And... and Later on, I I guess I ran into like more intelligent people, and you, now that I look back on it, you can tell that like his IQ was a little bit higher than everybody else's. So he was into different things at that time, but like he was still a boy at the core. So okay. we we're playing like Star Wars with our drumsticks, fucking throwing at each other in the practice room, and our band director walked in, and um, what a buzzkill! I don't blame her, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, oh poor Miss Stevens, bro. I remember, um, I don't even know what it's called, bro. Well, y'all but, put her through it, huh? Oh, dude. <laughs> I, at one point, I eventually got to, I was able to play the snare when, yeah. when I was in eighth grade. And even then, like, I had to beg, dude. Like, I played too loud. I was, uh, I, I just, I was just like about, oh, dude, like, fucking rock and roll. Rock know? out, yeah. And um, I guess there's, like, competitions at the end of every year. You know what I mean? I don't even know. Like, chair tests, kind of? No, no, no. Like, 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 it was a district competition. Like, oh. kids would, like, have six pieces of music to pick from. You pick one, and then you go and play. And you Bad. get division one, division two, whatever. And I remember me not even looking at a piece of music. I, I didn't even know that I was in the competition, bro. And um, I, I guess because in eighth grade, you're in honors or whatever. 
and it's like varsity when you're a senior. You know what I mean? Oh, you, you have to be there. Not because you're good, but because you're, you're an eighth grader. Yeah. <laughs> if you were the sixth graders, you might fucking hurt somebody. Yeah. But yeah, I, just, I went to the competition and I remember like her sitting right in front of me and I didn't bring music. So I just freestyled with my drumsticks in front of like 40 people, dude. Like it was terrible. She was so upset and I deserved to like get kicked out of bad, bro. <laughs> like, like imagine that, dude. And she had to like, she's the one that walked in with me with the crowd and I, I feel bad for her, dude. Like, no wonder she hates kids, or she looked like she hated kids back in the day. <laughs> but, oh, dude, Miss Stevens. Hopefully she's doing fine. And, um, but yeah, dude, like, I got kicked out of band, and um, so I was able to focus on sports full-time once I got to high school. Once I got to high school, around freshman year, uh, me and my friend, me and my best friend started a band. And, yeah, dude, like, like you said, you find a couple of people like us within, like, sports, and I found them in football and baseball. Mm. And it turns out that we all liked music the same way, and it turned out for the better, dude. Big time. Uh, I love music. I, I can't think of a world of, without music, dude. Like everything I do, I have music in the background. It's even in my like head, dude. Yeah. Or uh, like dude. a soundtrack to your life, kind of. Oh yeah, dude, definitely. You followed? You, are you? Yeah, I know you're on Twitter. You followed like any like JJ Watt or people like that. But the, reason I, I, the, the reason I bring it up is because like a lot of the athletes that I grew up kind of following, one of the big things they used to talk about is like. Like, for better or worse, because, like, football is so, like, religious here in Texas. Yeah. Some people think that the best thing they do for their kids is to put them in these camps and, like, oh, son, you're only playing football from your freshman year to your senior year. Yeah. You're not allowed to do anything else. And, like, what he talked about a lot, especially on his Twitter, and I'm sure he talks about it on other platforms, but, like, some of the best athletes in the whole country – usually probably did like track in the off season or like they did basketball right. off season. And I mean, I, I'm sure that that same principle extends to music. You know right. what I'm saying? Like you just make better people when you're well-rounded. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? And just like, don't, 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 don't block yourself off into things. You hear that? That's the one thing I tell everybody. If you ever were busy dogging on the band nerds, I guarantee you would have probably liked to be in band too. I don't know, but it's just something I think. The band was fun, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Find Star Wars in the back, but you could also... You you know how when your band director passed out like a new piece of music, and for the first like two three days it sounded like oh just trash. terrible bro trash like, <laughs> upsetting how how bad it sounded, and um, and then you you eventually heard it after like a week later or two weeks later and it just started coming together and yeah it's just beautiful bro definitely like, it's tight I one thing and I don't want to harp too much on my band years like, I definitely fine, feel like one of those old guys but one thing that definitely used to get me. Is like if we were playing certain songs and it, it was definitely like weeks after getting the music because like you said once it gets right, dude, I used to get goosebumps on my arm. Oh yeah, dude. Like, especially with the like the especially the, when the you brass were, behind yeah. you or in front wherever you're at, man. You feel everybody because again, it's just like in sports, in my opinion. Like a, a good band that is orchestrated towards a goal is the same thing as a good squad or right. orchestrated towards a game. Yeah, just everybody working in direction of one goal is so powerful. I don't know. It's like it just. They're different kinds of instruments that make different kinds of sounds mm -hmm. that when you put together, it's something like beautiful and like same with sports. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. there, there's linemen, linebackers, um, pitchers, second baseman, all different jobs. But when you collectively um, perform them the right way or just, yeah, when, when, when everything clicks, it's just beautiful. You know what I mean? Something, something I think is crazy. Like, I mean, I've never been the type of person because I don't fuck with cable. <laughs> I don't have Hulu and Netflix and shit. But when I go back home to my parents' house. Yo, fuck commercials. Yeah. <laughs> when I go back to my parents' house. Hey, but please give this man some commercials. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, when, I go, when I go back to my parents' house 
and I watch, I go see my dad. My dad will definitely be on like ESPN U or like ESPN two or three. Right. And he's watching like these 1990s, uh, 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 like college basketball matches or college football matches. And if you think about it, it's not that different than people listening to like concert performances from back in the day. Because like yeah. you're saying, man, like there's something, there's something amazing about a group of people just working on one goal. Yeah. It's crazy. Shit is crazy. I would argue that music's a little more uh, abstract than like than sports, though. I see. Just because I don't know. I, I guess a lot of the sports that I, I this is something that I've just caught like just by looking at sports for these past couple of years. Um, there's always somebody that like has a projectile and you're throwing it at a target. Like whether it be basketball, baseball, football, rugby. Yeah, there's gonna be um um. We call obstacles in a way most of the time, but there's just like the sort of obsession that humans have with like throwing like essentially a stick at something, you know what I mean? And I don't know, uh, sports just because of that, it just reminds me of something like a little bit more primal than what music was or is. Cause I don't know, bro, like just having a projectile and throwing at something just reminds me of, and I'm a biology major. So maybe just my evolutionary, like thinking that makes me think that way. But, um, like just hunting, you know what I mean? Just I don't know, just something caveman about it still, uh, and there's a lot of it too. I, I would I would say. No, I get it. I mean, well, what is it like? All, all modern sports evolved from like combat sports and stuff like that. That's right? crazy, right? Like, lacrosse used to be how like Native Americans uh, substituted for like conflict. And, right. Like, all sports seem to have come from like gladiatorial arenas and shit. We went from killing each other to just beating each other up a little bit. CTE, bro. Yeah. It's not that bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, speaking of like. Um, music and stuff and like the arts what have you been reading this break if, if you have been able to read I get you I get you Um, crap I, I'd be lying if I knew the title of it but there's a book about fallacies that I'm reading just kind of like I'm I will be honest I my, ma- my major is communications and so I'm, I'm really big into understanding how people encode messages send it to people and then how people receive and decode those messages i mean from anything like the fact that me and you are sitting here talking to each other or the way that like we text friends or we email people or we wave at people like everything is a message that's encoded sent decoded right and so i guess part of that is um understanding like how uh some people might be maybe acting in bad faith and they're encoding messages in a particular way that they know the other person will decode in a way that's advantageous to them yeah but I'm, I, if i if i remember the title of the book i would definitely send it to you that's but it's something that i got off the shelf from one of my professors yeah so i'm definitely working through that right now um uh not to get too politically heavy but i'm studying a little bit of like marxist theory yeah just out of curiosity I, what are you reading uh definitely the communist manifesto okay um starting with that one but um i i uh what's it called you know, and you don't really get the opportunity to kind of study that work in traditional American school. Right. So I thought that I'd take the time to kind of educate myself a little bit, you know? Okay. Well, before I get into like the Marxist theory and what you've yeah. been reading about that, um, well, what's your, like you're just talking about media, but what, what's your perception on like corporate media, corporate media? as of right now, oh, as of recently? And I guess you could compare it to the past. No, totally. Like talk about the golden era, like what, what you think is actual um, journalism, you know what I mean? I appreciate that no, for sure. For sure. It's really difficult for me to say, man, just because there's a there's a part of Marxist theory called dialectical materialism, which is like explain that for us. Yeah, I know. I, I, don't, I don't mean to throw away. Like, I'm, I don't mean to turn no, this no, into good, some good. like a uh, uh, theory talk. But I guess what I mean by that is like the part of my reasoning, like when I look at things that happen around me, 
personally, and again, for those who subscribe to Marxist theory, I could be explaining it wrong, but a part of it is like understanding that when things happen, we, we put it in, like, you know, it's pretty natural for people to, when something bad happens, they say, oh, well, they'll get what's coming to them. You know, like karma is going to catch up to them. And we have that part of our brain that kind of thinks that like good people usually end up well and bad things happen to bad people. Good things or bad things happen to bad people. Good things happen Mm -hmm. to good people. Part of like that process is different in this line of thinking. Um, uh, It's different because like we understand that like often enough people who are in higher positions or more, how can I put it? Like have more resources. Right. You are in a better position to gain more resources. Right. Whereas people who don't have resources are often not as advantageously like promoted. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're a couple steps behind. Exactly. The... Exactly. And so I guess all that to just say that like um, when it talks, when, as far as like what I see media right now as I definitely noticed that like in years prior Okay, let me just start with this. I consider the 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 goal of any journalist to be that of like a teacher, if it makes any sense. Okay. You're supposed to equip your audience with information. You're supposed to equip your audience with with knowledge that they would otherwise not have or maybe perhaps not have for people like you or your right. peers. Conventionally, right? Exactly, exactly. If you were you like know? looking into that neat niche. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean even 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 um even I would say like like very topical. Like if you're into sports journalism, like the reason why we know that like Tom Brady or not Tom Brady, the reason why we know that for a while, like Dak Prescott for the Cowboys was like throwing the best passing average, even weeks after he was injured was because a sports journalist was there with that information. And he's the one that sat down and put that all together. You know, whether or not that helps you in your day to day life, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But what I mean to say is that like at its core, you should be asking yourself, who am I helping? With okay. with what my research with my information and am I am I adding something to people's collective conscious or am I am I distorting their collective conscious okay. to what they see outside their doors and so all that to be said I mean like while I do I mean I'd agree with anybody that like like the the the, the golden age of media maybe would be the late twentieth century you know like the sixties up until like the eighties right or I guess pretty much any time before the modern twenty four seven like news channels. I still think that uh, there's going to be that element of certain people who are resourced pulling strings in in situations so that it's, again, the messages are being distorted rather than being aimed to help people, even back then. Right. While I, I mean, ideally, I would love if we lived in a world where, like, you know, the only thing you got in the news was stuff that helped you right. rather than scared you about what's outside. I think that we're kind of, we're, we're transferring out of those harder times i mean like look at the the journalists that we follow online and stuff like that like i follow a dude named philip defranco i like watching um uh, a dude named hassan piker there's a lot of journalists who are acting independently that are filling that niche of just giving information that is equipping people rather than giving fear for them to to be like put away on you know what i'm saying be fearful of so i feel like if if we just kind of uh acknowledge that and focus on that rather than you know, the channels that are literally always on and talking about the same stories every couple of times to make you afraid right. of your neighbor, we'd probably be in a better place. Yeah, I agree. And um, journalism, Second Amendment. I assume you have very strong uh, um, opinions about the Second Amendment. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, Second Amendment, uh, First Amendment. First Amendment. Amendment. First Amendment. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely, 
a big fan of my ability to say whatever I want on right. wherever I'm, platform I exist on. I um, I think the big contradiction that people are in right now is that like our, maybe you have an uncle or a cousin or a parent who like looks at the New York Times or the Washington Post yeah. and they're like, well, you know what? I just can't trust these uh, mainstream media outlets because they're biased. Aren't they all? <laughs> My point, you yeah. know? <laughs> they kind of all are. And the thing is, like, you have to ask yourself, though, where is the bias lying in? You get what I'm saying? And I don't just mean that in some, like, tinfoil hat, yeah, yeah, hotep yeah. stuff. What I mean is, like, when you open up this newspaper, if it's the headline story, if it's the news as they per- as they produce it, is that news trying to lead you to a certain way of thinking? Is the framing, which is a term used in journalism, is the framing used to make you... Can, like come to some end conclusion right so or is it the op-eds you know what i'm saying because that's what i think people confuse with right you could have an opinion column you could have a, a, a columnist say some things and they're always going to have those opinions you can't no human being can separate themselves from their from opinions the, yeah. but a, a a a wise human being does their best to at least produce content in a in a honest manner that sure. just shows you that this is facts right so what you you're know? trying to say is like news shouldn't um tell you how to think you should see news and be able to make your own assumptions or your own opinions about i think i think if you're not a columnist if you're not like a a a like a correspondent like people who are literally i don't know why exactly they're paid no 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 what i mean is like an opinion a a columnist is someone who like their job is to write their opinions in a column right know, and like an op-ed piece you know unless you're one of those people you're not this conversation is excluded from you yeah but if you are a reporter if you are a a, a, a individual who like kind of holds themselves to that belief that I'm, you know, the journalist, I am the, 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 right. the, the pen in the darkness, the pen is mightier than the sword, all that stuff. Then, it's true. Yeah, it is. I, as much as I agree with that, somebody should read your work and not be able to tell your political leanings at all. Uh, I agree. You know, just like a teacher almost. Like, yeah. No, you should never leave a class and be like, well, I know where that teacher voted for last yeah. election. You know, let's hope that your work in and of itself stands strong enough that I don't need to know that. Yeah. Now, if I am interested in you, and then now I start to dig deeper, like and if you look at like a Hunter S. Thompson, Hunter S. Thompson type, then we can start asking like, okay, well, now I want to know what this man thinks. You know right. what I'm saying? And again, that's kind of my philosophy. Maybe I subscribe to that old theory. Yeah, yeah. But some people, they do feel like, maybe like him, that you can tell your story without taking yourself out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm in the story and that shapes how it's going to be. With it still being objective. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving yourself in the story and it being objective. Um, for you, those of you who don't know who Hunter Thompson is, he's a journalist from the 70s and 80s, I believe. Definitely. Um, he created this form of journalism called, uh, oh, it, it's named after him, it's called Gonzo Journalism. And uh, what, what he tried to do was um, he would report stories and keep himself in them. Even while, even though he was in them, he was able to keep the... The content still true. Yeah, exactly. Without it being as subjective as usual. So it's like, that, that's beautiful, bro. And Thank you. That, that's why he gets a lot of props, even to this day. Um, speaking of Hunter S. Thompson, bro, I have some videos here I wanted to fucking show you. Um, I have one. <laughs> it's his drug routine. Just so you guys know, um, just just give it a listen. <laughs> this is what he did every day before he wrote. All right. So for, for those who are interested, chartreuse is definitely a French liqueur that is known for its natural green and yellow color. 
and it's definitely strong. I think it's 80 to 110 proof. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was just talking to you about, bro. Um, I, I, I attempt to write often, uh, but I feel like if I were to continue, I'd end up having or living a lifestyle of some, something similar to Hunter S. Thompson's. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm emotional or because I, I, uh, dig too deep, but an issue for me, like I was saying earlier, it was that, that I, uh, I tend to, what do I do? I, I I dig myself in a hole, bro. It's weird. Emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And say for example, uh, I went to San Antonio with my best homie and I don't know, I, I, I was in the writing mood that whole quarantine break or whatever. So I was out there just looking at things, making mental notes, typing in my notes, you know what I mean? And it just like took away from like what reality should be, like living in the present. It was almost like I was living life twice, but in retrospect, so it wasn't as cool or as It was all enjoyable for you. Right. And I wish that I, I could have enjoyed it when it was actually happening instead of thinking about what I was going to write about later in the day. And I... I, I don't know. I, I think maybe he just drove himself crazy because he wrote so much or he was digging too deep or, and you find that with a lot of artists. It's weird. I know you know it, but, um, and again, you're props to you for putting me on this guy, honestly. But one of the things I, I remember hearing him a quote from him that stood out, and I think it was the start of the, the, the new, new Vegas book. Okay. And he talked about like the edge. And like how no one really knows where it's at until you've already gone over it, you yeah. know? And like everybody thinks they're getting close to it and then they back off and they're getting close to it and they back off. And I mean, like, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to look at it with such a negative lens, but you know, you all, you often think of like, you know, like, like Van Gogh guys right. cutting off their ears, you know, but they're, they're painting pieces that live centuries past them, right. you know? And so, uh, there, there's definitely a part of creating that, um, that I think takes a bit from us. You know, and I I don't want to I don't want to get into some third level it's, stuff of it all. It's you know? about the individual. Yeah, like it's the individual individuality over the art. I would say that art's kind of an overused term nowadays. I see. Um, I I think I don't. Know, this is me personally. Okay. You know, I think art should be for the individual as opposed to for the masses, because then you you lose a little bit of um um. I don't know. It's, it's like you're not paying respect to the artists that have lost a bit of, them, of themselves in the past. It's kind of a, a pseudo, um, but not really. I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle. Can I, can I tell you something? Like, hey, I, man. I mean, what if I told you that like art isn't necessarily the problem and all the different things that people are calling art isn't the problem, but it's the way that we are demanding artists to, to monetize because of the society that we uh, live I in. I agree. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I... I, I I'm not one of these people that's going to tell you, like, what are they called? Like, is it Jackson Pollock? You know, the paintings where it's just like, oh, yeah, the splatter yeah, yeah. stuff. Abstract I'm, as yeah, fuck. I'm not, I'm not the type of person who's going to tell you, like, oh, well, I think that's wrong that someone's going to pay millions of dollars for a Jackson right. Pollock painting. Again, you got while, while, million yeah, dollars on if you want to go do that, you can do that. I respect that. But I also understand that, like, the reason why there's a contentious there, like, why there's a conversation yeah. is because we're putting it in the frame of, like, well, how much would you value this piece of art? Exactly. You have a different perspective than I do. You've yeah. walked a different life than me. Why in the world can you look at that and say that's $10, but I look at that and I say it's priceless. Yeah. yeah, I say it's priceless or something. And like, you're supposed to just like get so mad and pent up about it. Yeah, like, dude, dude, that's, that's the thing. Like, I just feel like, I feel like we, we are trying to, we're trying to apply 
a hard concept, a right. hard price value, a hard price, fuck, a hard value on something that is so subjective. subjective yeah. You know, and it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult kind of line we have to thread. And I know that, um, maybe for, you know, petroleum engineers or, or, you know, uh, code writers, it's not a concept that they have to juggle with. But I think for individuals like you or me who find themselves, uh, unfortunately trapped in this sort of like, I came to college because that's what we were told to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get a job after college and I'm going to get married and then I have 2.5 kids and then I'm going to have the dog and the white fence. We're trapped in this concept, even though our part of our brain just wants to create, you know, right. we just want to make something, but, but we have to make something that is worth something to other people. Yeah. And it's just like how you're talking about like us being a couple steps behind us, meaning like me as a minority, a Hispanic, um, I know my grandparents um, are second generation Americans and um, I know they worked all their lives to get my parents to where they're at and for my, they, my, my parents are working their lives right now to get me where I'm at and I'm, I'm doing the same for myself and my future kids, you know what I mean? Definitely. But some people are definitely in a position to the point where or they're, they're in a position, in a better position to take the time off to do, to create, you know what I mean? Some people just... Actually, don't have the time for that. If that makes sense, um, like for me, if it wasn't for me taking basically this semester off, and I mean, thank you, COVID, really. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I wouldn't have been doing this, dude. Like, just it's just that time that you have free to yourself for once, without having to worry about how am I gonna put food on the table or how am I gonna, um, how are my kids gonna be in the future? How, I don't know. Just, just a lot of more, there's a lot more people um, that are able to create because of their circumstances, and I, I don't, I shouldn't be like that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. And I, I, and again, sometimes people might listen to this and they think that we're like ide- idealistic, yeah. and we're like, oh well, I'm sure it's nice for you college kids to sit in your apartment and dream about a world with no, like, you know, no, we don't have bills to pay. But it's like, if you think about it, less than less than two hundred years ago it was unfathomable that children were having to work, you yeah. know? It was unfathomable that you would have a nine-hour workday or you had weekends off, you know what I'm saying? People, and don't don't get me twisted, people literally bled and died for these things, yeah. for these causes that, like, you know, we might not necessarily recognize in our day-to-day lives. And so, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sit here and pretend like I'm some Neil deGrasse Tyson right. or some uh, Cornell West. I'm not a philosopher. But I definitely ask myself all the, all the time, like, is everything that we're doing right now, does it have to be the way that we're doing it? You know, and maybe just maybe someone my age or me or you, our age can like figure those answers out. Yeah. You know, I was actually reading something today. Um, I don't know if it's like word for word, but this is it was something along the lines of like every choice you make alters the structure of the reality that you're living in. Mm-hmm. And I, I read that while I was driving and I shouldn't be fucking driving while I'm reading that, but I, uh, it just made sense. Like, this man works hard, people. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> try not to die, man. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But speaking of causes, man, um, another big thing happened for our fellow black brothers and sisters this um, past quarantine. And I, I guess I've just been meaning to ask you, like, what what's your opinion? And, like, what's well, from... Okay, so let me finish my thought. Your opinion on the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And I guess you could give me like your subjective personal like how you feel about it and then media portrayal too like your your your, uh, your views on that good question good question 
my opinion about Black Lives Matter, and especially the more important thing, which in my opinion is relevant to now, is the defund the police movement, is that you, speaking to all of us, understand whenever a, a, a superintendent or a school board says, we're going to defund the fine arts program. We're going to defund the band. We're going to defund the science team. We're going to defund the student government. We all heard that at least yeah. once or twice, maybe in our upcoming. Or we watched movies where we saw that. Exactly. You know, it was a big thing. Was, like, Limited was, mouth. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we understood what that concept meant. We didn't need them to break it down for us or explain, well, what do you mean by defund? Where is the money going? Like, you know, we know what they're doing. Yeah. So whenever people, in my opinion, and here's the important distinction I need to make sure is clear. I, I will never advocate for for violence upon another person. I'm I'm very idealistically a pacifist. Right. While I understand there is a time or place for conflict, I would like to believe there's so many different choices before coming that. from a rugby player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Definitely a weird thing to look at when you think look at me. But I say all that just to say that. Whether whether I I you know choose the peaceful route or what we we maybe hash it out in different ways, right. none of that changes the fact that a riot is the language of the unheard, and that's from Dr. King, man. Like yeah. what what I think is what what I think is being missed by this conversation is you have so many people talking about well there's there's this, there's the camp that's like I don't understand why they're burning these buildings down. They they're they're burning buildings in their own community. They don't even know what they're doing. This isn't getting anything done. And then there's a camp where like, well, I, I sympathize with the cause, but maybe we shouldn't burn buildings down. Maybe we should, you know, change the slogan. Maybe it should right, be right. all lives matter. Maybe we should be deep, uh, 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 redistribute the police funds, you know? What I think is being missed overall by all of that is like, either you are purposefully nitpicking the narrative and you're finding one little part that might not be palatable to the wide amounts of people and in that i need to answer those people why do a small group of people who are experiencing a astronomically different experience in the quote-unquote american dream why does the responsibility of making a palatable message lie on them rather than the opposite people understanding why these people are sending such a harsh message. And again, this goes back into my communication background. I'm not gonna pretend like I got my degree or anything yet, but I definitely can understand that like, there's not always gonna be opportunities where we can encode messages and send it in a pretty package for you to decode. That's not just how, that's not how life is. But you have to ask yourself, if someone is sending you this message, however they're sending it, are you bothered by the way it's being sent to you or are you bothered with the message itself? Right. And I'll be honest, there's probably a lot of Americans, maybe friends of ours, even people listening, that are more so bothered with the message that Black Lives Matter. Right. They don't they don't want to admit that. But they but they'll say that I just don't like the way they're saying it. Or I don't like the way they're prepare, uh, portraying it. And then the worst part about that to answer your last question is because there are channels that are showing the news 24/7 when there realistically is not news 24/7 going right. on. The problem with that is that they're bound to show you the sensationalism. Something that John, I think it's John Stewart, the guy who used to do The Daily Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the beautiful things that I used to like, like that he used to say is that the difference between, the difference between, and I don't mean to alienate some people, but the difference you find between Fox News and CNN is that they're both sensational. Yeah. You know, the thing about news is that they are, they want to grab the most hot thing, the crazy thing to talk about. The problem though is, what they attribute that sensationalism to. Fox News will tell you it's 
It's the brown neighbor that moved in down the street. It's the guy who comes over here that doesn't speak English. Right. It's your kid's school that's telling you to say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. It's Starbucks for taking Merry Christmas off their cups. Yeah. You know? Whereas I'm I, I'm not saying CNN and them are perfect because again, say sensationalism is pointless. Right. But I just think that there's a point made that needs to be made that these news are showing you the worst of the worst. The the dramatic of the dramatics. They're showing you the spectacle. It's literally entertainment. Have y'all ever asked yourselves why political debates that are on like CNN, that are on Fox News, that are on these channels, they're 10 minutes long? Five minutes long. Five minutes long. But they show them like they're boxing matches. They're like, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, the match of the century. It's like, dog, it shouldn't shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't be entertained by this conversation. I should be learning something. And so again, I just, I think it's, the media has a, and again, I should specify that corporate media, oligarchical media, media of the, the people who are in power, yeah. they have a vested interest in making us entertained, but not necessarily learning anything. Right. So that's kind of my answer, man. I just, I wish more people would be uh, trying to absorb a good message rather yeah. than the, the bad one. And there's a cool quote by um, Henry Miller that he wrote in 1935. Yeah. And, um, I, I don't know when whenever this was going on um I was reading uh Henry Miller's uh, Tropic of Cancer. Oh yeah, you told me about this one. And right when the the riots started, right? This came out or not this this quote was like I don't know, the day the of, the day after, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no. no. The, I I didn't put it out or anything, but not, not you, but you maybe yeah, came yeah. across it. Exactly. Okay. And okay. it just Made me relate to it in that certain way. Go ahead. And I, I just wanted to hear your uh, your um, thoughts about his quote. And this is from nineteen like nineteen thirties, anywhere from thirty two to thirty nine. Like at the, the fucking like World War Two is like peeking around the corner. You know what I mean? Definitely. And he's in France, but he says there's only one thing which interests me vitally now, and that is a recording of all that which is omitted in books. Nobody, so far as I can see, is making use of the elements in the air, which gives direction and motivation to our lives. Only the killers seem to be extracting from life some satisfactory measure of what they are putting into it. This age demands violence. We are getting only abortive explosions. Revolution is nipped in the bud, or else it succeeds too quickly. Passion is quickly exhausted. Men fall back on ideas. Calm they have to. Or, uh, as usual... I'll be honest, dog. So the connection I'm making and the thing that speaks to me is twofold. Um, the part, huh? Oh, that two two different things. Twofolds. Okay. I mean, the the biggest thing that reaches out to me is he talks about people who are extracting the very oxygen. You know, what I'm saying the very the very basic things that we all need. The things that are just like you would think that oh, this belongs to everybody. It's almost like why some people thought to yourself it's like damn, someone is selling me water yeah no that shit's like always here it's unlimited essentially it makes you wonder dog for real like you know to me personally my question i always ask myself is like why does it seem like the means for production are owned by so many like or are not owned by the mass of us it seems like there's three companies that make water bottles there's like nestle yeah like i mean everybody everybody keeps telling us that in america we have choices you know like you know, you sit here on your iPhone complaining about things, but there's three companies that make water. There's three companies that control your credit score. Right. There's like two different companies that uh, 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 affect your, um, what is it? Fuck. Um, there's like really only two companies that own most media companies. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you really, 
Do you know George Carlin? I think you'd, I think you'd fuck with him a lot. I don't think I do. Oh, man. He's an old comedian. He says some shit that you would definitely like, though. Like Richard Pryor old? Or... That ge- generation? That, this is that a, class of Yeah, but this is, this is a white guy, honestly. And he is funny. You know, I was meaning to talk to you when we were at your house before we did all the fucking... Don't shit. shit. Yeah. Uh... And everybody started walking in. I was like, "Fuck!" You know, you had, what I mean. Like, you had to turn it off a little bit. Exactly. You had to shift. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a part of our brain where we. Uh, I I couldn't. The biggest thing, dog, is like I couldn't begin to explain like um how I feel about how can I describe it? How can I describe it? Like, especially particularly like the questions you're asking me. Like, you're asking me like, do I feel like the 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 media. Do I feel like the media is influencing the way that we think about certain things? Yeah. You know, and I know that sounds like a basic question. Maybe I couldn't answer that question in front of like some of our peers, not because I think they like. I mean, let me just get into it. I might have a glass. Yeah, the problem with it is because people will say things that you think you agree with. Like I guarantee you, because really. you know what I'm saying, because we be because we live in this age where Donald Trump has put the word fake news into like the, the common vocabulary, mm-hmm. people will say shit like, oh yeah, I don't trust the media. But when you ask them why, they're, they're like, it's very skin deep. Oh, yeah. Like they don't have a very foundational understanding. They just don't have a very good grasp of reality. No, they don't. Because again, it's it's not that, it's not that they're stupid. It's not that they can't. It's because they haven't had the opportunity to do so. Right. Or they haven't challenged themselves to bring themselves to that part where I got to so, think about these things. So a big part of learning for me, like individually, I don't know if it's for you, but mm-hmm. when you're in the process of learning something. You're also like simultaneously unlearning something that you've learned before. Exactly. You know, and I, I think that there's like just a little mental block that was put up there at some point in their childhood, whether it be because um, they grew up in a weird household or again, like the parents are like either super liberal or super conservative. Mm-hmm. Like, and it goes both ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, no, I feel you. I, that's why um, I don't talk about stuff. I, I keep things skin deep when I'm with a big group of people. I agree. Just, just to, you have to. Yeah, it's, you it's, know? it's crowd control. You know what I mean? I think I think one of the concepts that I learned from I was talking to somebody about um, the structural violence that is poverty. Mm-hmm. I thought about that. You, there is there's such things like a structural violence towards um, like like you know like again this goes to another concept. People love thinking that like oh you know. It's taboo to be like a Trump supporter right now. Right. And while I'm, I'm not going to get into like particular candidates, I think that the reason why people think um, it's taboo to be like maybe to think in that certain f- framework right. and to have those beliefs and shit is kind of true, but not because of the way they think it is. You right. get what I'm saying? Like it's the same way you're saying we, we don't talk about like certain perspectives in a group of people because there is a there is a structural threat of like. One, not that like they don't agree with you, but like, what if it causes conflict? And like, right. is that conflict important right now? Like, is that is that really a, b- b- a bridge you need to burn? Is it's like that, you gotta kind of triage, like just you know, yeah. No, I feel you, bro. Triage yeah. is definitely the fucking word. Yeah, and, and I definitely have um friends that are, and we all come from different walks of life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I come from El Paso, which is like ma- ma- the majority of the people are. I don't even want to say left leaning because they voted Demo- Democrat. You know what I mean? Okay. And um, when I move out here, it's like a little culture shock because it's the majority of people over here vote right leaning. Yeah, and it's it's just weird to me, bro. How how I have to kind of watch what I say now, mm-hmm. not because I don't feel safe putting my thoughts out, but just because like 
Sometimes you just don't even have to. There's you know needless. I mean? There's there's definitely yeah. the, the the again. I'm not saying you feel threatened per se, but the term that I would use to describe is like you are avoiding the threat of like needless, uh, needless like scrutiny. Like right. you're gonna you're gonna be sitting here and picked and prod, and like you're gonna be dealing with battles that probably would be better avoided. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's just little things like that. And I mean like one of the big things I think that maybe it goes back to people connecting dots and the way you put it about unlearning shit. People need to understand that the realm of thinking that is common in this country is not the same as the entire world. The The beauty of living in what used to be considered a first world country, right. and you know, I don't really like those terms anymore because they're kind of archaic, first world, third world, yeah. all that, is that you kind of forget that you guys aren't the only people on the planet. I don't mean you, but you know, no, generally. No. In America, we, 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 we think a lot about like, oh, other countries, but like we don't actually think about like, what is it like to be me in another country? Like, how is it? Have you actually stepped out of America? Have you thought outside of American frameworks yeah. and things? And like, when you when you look at those frameworks, literally, like, like you said, it's it's the definition of unlearning. You start to understand that, like, if you took the American framework and just dropped it in another part of the world, you would immediately understand that even the left leaning people here in this country are not really that left leaning. You get yeah. what I'm saying? And then the right-leaning people in this country are extremely right-leaning compared to, like, Canada even. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, ask yourself why almost every country with an equal, like, GDP, like, general yeah. economy, every country with an equivalent to close to equivalent economy as us has what we consider as frighteningly left-leaning concepts right. like universal health care. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Or, or why is it taking America so long to legalize marijuana? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's little things... That if you start to analyze in other places, if you take your your glasses, your framework off, and just look at other countries, I'm, I'm not even trying to go down the rabbit hole of why those under, other countries adopted that. I'm just trying to look at why are we so much different than other countries, and why are they so much more different than us? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, if you don't even begin to ask yourself that question, I don't even want to say on a regular basis, but like every once in a yeah, while, just step out of your own shoes. Exactly. You get trapped in this like structure where you're like well if we're doing it here it must be it's right. like the world revol revolves around america you know exactly exactly um, i have this little thought experiment that i do every once in a while bro i uh i um get on my phone mm -hmm. and uh like the first verified account that'll pop will pop up i'll click on it and i go to their followers and i just scroll and i'll pick rap one random person and the first person that's public i'll just scroll through their thing and just like See what the fuck put, they're talking just, about? Yeah, just put myself in their shoes for a little bit. The thing about sports that really fucking sunk with me, dog, and what got me is because, again, I keep saying sports made me challenge everything that I'm currently existing in. Like when me and you, you know, you practice like mindfulness meditation. Have you ever heard about that? Uh, I Probably. pray. You pray? Yeah. Same concept. Right. When, when, you, when you take the time to just get rid of all the external, like, influences and you're just one with yourself and you look at everything that is you right now, that's good. But what I think the next step that's important for some people is to ask yourself everything that is what I am now, what if it wasn't? And would I be better off or worse off? Right. Just the ability to constantly look at who you are. Both and to act accordingly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because then you're not just you're not just stuck in like, well, my mom and dad told me this was right, or my, my pastor told me this was right, or my football coach told me this was right. Like these these pillars of our understanding and our memory, you know. I'm looking at something as like, well, I'm a grown man now and I know, or I'm a grown woman or I'm a grown individual, whatever right. you identify as, what is best for me? 
and then externally, what is what is best for a group of people that we can we use the word define a society? Right. Because once a, me and you are a group in this room, but yeah. then a group gets big enough, then it becomes society. And I just feel like these are things that like it's just it's common sense, man. Yeah. Like if we if we exist in a country that believes that we should be we should let the government filter our water and you know take care of our water better than we could do privately then why is it such a harder step to just say we're, we're filtering and cleaning our water, hopefully for the betterment of, of the greater society. Right. So let's start providing them health care for the betterment of the greater society. You know, exactly. every other country's pulling it off. Why can't we? Especially if we, we hold ourselves to be the richest society right, right. in the world and whatnot. And, and not just, I thought, dude, I, I can't, I got to like work on my facts, but mm. I, I've read, I'll start citing actual, uh, um, it's hard articles and stuff my yeah. brain is just not at that capacity yet and I didn't think I'd ever use this in a conversation that I'd post but um, it, it, I read somewhere that if you make I think anywhere from like twenty five to $40,000 a year um, like alone you're at the top 1% of like the world that's just a crazy thing to think about because that's almost average here in the United States you know what I mean it is but I think the thing that needs to be put into context is that Instead of the, the framework that people look at things is not, like I said, first world, second world, third world right. anymore. It's actually considered like the global north and the global south. Right. When you take in all the countries that exist in our world, I prob- I agree with you that a salary or a, a wage of like 20000 to probably 40000 is a lot if we're comparing ourselves with like Papua New Guinea and, yeah, you know, exactly. and yeah, like right, right. Chile and, you know, inner Brazil, you know, but we would never compare ourselves to those countries with our uh, our our technology, yeah, our, yeah, our, our technology or our entertainment uh, exactly. industry. So it's nitpicking again. Yeah, exactly. So to me, it's like, why are we why are we only comparing ourselves down with these people when there's people up here? Like, I mean, look at look at the numbers as far as like places that have the most educated populations, the places that have the most happiest populations, the places that have the most incarcerated populations which is yeah us so you know you know when you ask ourselves these questions like the comparisons that we want to make the mm-hmm. things that we literally it's, it's like asking it's like telling a kid who comes home with a report card with three a's but two f's mm-hmm. and he and you're like why are you have these two f's and he's like well mom i only made an f in these classes because i got yeah three a's in these. because i got three a's in these yeah. classes it's like well that's so. not the fucking question dog <laughs> you know so like that's, like, that's just my mindset like, i just feel like it, we can be the greatest country in the world we have that capacity to be it just requires us challenging our societal framework and that right. starts with all of us as individuals yeah and you know the, my thing with that is um how would one keep like checks and balances while you're challenging it you know what i mean because I guess bringing it down back to an individual level is when you're challenging your own framework, mm-hmm. you have something that you can grab onto that's like reality. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think it's important to have an anchor somewhere, but I think that's the issue that we don't have a line or an anchor or somewhere to place the anchor. You know what I mean? I get that. I definitely get it because you're in, in so much soul searching. You have to ask yourself, where's home base? Like, right. where, where, How yeah, long do I to come back? Exactly. How far am I going to travel? gather information and then at one point where am i going to sit down and just analyze it and apply it to myself and i mean me personally and i'm sure maybe you can relate but i i I have a a a a spiritual framework for that you know i believe in a higher power and i believe that in in the the blessings that he allots onto us or gave us you know on the moment of our birth that hopefully we can use those 
to travel vastly and to experiment vastly up here and both physically and then still come back to know that like I I know what very basic things are because of Christ. Right. You know, like I know what love is because of Christ. I know what it means to have a home because of Christ. Now, does that mean everybody needs that? I don't I'm not saying everybody needs necessarily Christ. Right. But I, I would do say everybody needs like a structure. Oh yeah. That, like, oh yeah. I, I don't know what I, I don't have the answers, man. I, I I'm, as far as like what should that be for everybody, I think the the That's what we're missing. I think is that's the reason why we're not able to as Americans, just because we're so individual, mm-hmm. um, we need, I don't know if unbiased is the right word, but just just a happy medium to, to place the anchor in. So the anchor can allow us to travel, I don't know, right, left, south, north, as far as we can go mm-hmm. and have the ability to always like come back without, worry to, without worrying about um, getting lost, if that makes sense. I get what you're saying. Because sure. Um, I know you said you're reading the communist, the communist manifesto, and that's what's happened with a lot of left-leaning uh, countries that have um, tried to, in what word am I looking for? To to in, socialize, like when they socialize their industries, when they when they, I definitely. So the largest example we all think of are countries like China, yeah, yeah, incorporate. Well, countries like China and Russia, the the problem is that there is um, there is two questions that they that we both have brought up here and they're trying to answer and those questions are how do we improve things for the most amount of people and then where should those people find their answers like where should people put their anchor in as this is the foundation of where i'm going to keep growing up from right the problem with a lot of those countries and the reason why they often failed is because they put their anchor in what we call authoritarianism and authoritarianism is right right leaning right not uh i don't like to think that it's right leaning i think authoritarian is the opposite of like of of like freedom in the sense that when you believe in when there's an authoritarian state there is a state that puts power in a very small group or one individual right that's when you have a leader who is perfect essentially when you have a leader who is infallible when you have a leader who tells you like you know you know the media is lying to you right and only i can tell you the truth you know that's that's where a lot of these countries fall and a lot of people often fall because like you're saying that big question is in all of us where do i place this anchor in yeah and so if a society moves you farther away from religion which i'm not saying is good or bad right it is a is essentially eliminating one of your choices of where you put your anchor in exactly so now you're going to be kind of more incentivized to put your anchor in a person and for better or worse we all have evil inside of us yeah yeah yeah. and i I, i've always been one to say um i got this from do you you remember those books growing up um a series of unfortunate events uh i was watching the show uh re-watching it the other day and um uh, i don't know who said it it was one of the kids um they said there's no such thing as good people or bad people we're we're all just chef salad and I love that so much, bro, because it's true. Like It is. Like, I, I'm a good person sometimes, but I'm also a bad person sometimes. I'm not perfect. And um, maybe we're the flaw, bro, with, with whatever decision or, or whatever we decide to place our anchor. Humans are just flawed creatures. Yeah, dude. They just, oh, yeah. Um, another thing that I was going to get back to about with flaws is um, that that's why the communism or... How did I say this? Stalinism, uh, Maoism, Maoism, fucking what's the dude from Italy? 
uh, Mussolini. Mussolini. Like, I love that front frame of thinking. Yeah. yeah. People are flawed, bro. Oh, yeah. And when you... Fuck, dude. I wish I could have the word. I wish I could articul- articulate my thought the way I want it to be articulated. I can't. But that's I'll, fine. I'll, I'll come back to it when when I Maybe get it my comes back to you. Yeah. yeah, fuck it. I, I if I could just throw in real quick, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that's understood that like these these systems do not have to exist in isolation. What I mean by that is like we all understand that America is capitalist capitalist as mm-hmm. a society, but we also can admit that in one hand, when I tell you that America is capitalist, in the same breath and in the same hand. I could show you our social security system. Right. I could show you our VA benefits. I could show you medic Medicaid. Even our you know? banking system. Yeah, yeah, banking system. These are concepts of a socialist society, yeah. if not a communist society. Meaning that we we I think what we are unfortunately the victims of, and especially those societies that have failed and not lasted as long as yeah. us, is that those societies believed that they needed to be one hundred percent socialist countries and i don't if you're familiar socialism is the process is the the step that transfers to communism yes yeah um i think what people misunderstand and what i think a lot of people are trying to express Mm -hmm. is that there is nothing wrong with having social socialized policies right because again i could be i could be I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank on what the number of this or the name of the statistic is but there's there's evidence to show that developing countries when they have increased socialization, like when they increase the education of their stu- uh, citizens, when they increase right. the access to affordable health care, when they increase, like, essentially the policies that affect the majority of the base, mm-hmm. that's where then other uh, economic, other um, um, structural benefits follow. Right. You get what I'm saying? Because yeah. you can't have a healthy society with a, 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 a suffering majority and a profiting minority. You might think you can have it for some time, but eventually it always catches up to them. There's a reason why our, our grandparents' generation had the New Deal right. with FDR. And I think what is being asked by a majority of people, and I guess maybe I'm projecting a bit, is where's our New Deal is all I'm saying. You know, like where, where is our understanding? Our that, New Deal is the old deal. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like where is our understanding that we want to we wanna be able to have that American dream of like, I mean, fuck, like there's people who were in the fucking 50s that – Went to go fight a war at 15, 16, 17. Right. Came back and the government essentially gave them a house. Right. You got a loan for your service. You got a house. You got the pick a fence. You had the wife waiting for you, you know? To fight for their belief system, though. Exactly. You're fighting for them. And I'm not saying that that's, that's, that's a whole other basket of worms. Yeah. But all I'm saying is if at one point it was so easily guaranteed to a large portion of our civil, our pop, our country, like, where is that now you know like me and you are in college hopefully making better for ourselves and maybe we're better than our peers that we left in our hometowns but are we really like you know what's gonna happen to us after we leave here makes sense bro so i guess i don't mean to go off but that's kind of where i'm that's kind of where i feel like the problems often lie that's cool what do you think about the vaccine the vaccine oh it's tough man it's real tough i'm because i i i mean i'm caught between i'm caught between understanding that it's not going to come to average folk like me and you for some time. Yeah. But um, I mean, like, I, I, I just got to be a student of I got to be a student of the knowledge and the information. Like, I'll need I'll need the professionals to give me something tangible to look at. Right. To kind of decide if, if maybe if they if they rang my phone and they asked me, Embu, you know, 
we will give you this vaccine tomorrow if you're willing to take it, I think I'd be willing to take it. Yeah. Just because I think the 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 pros and the benefits to the people that I surround myself with, our team, my newspaper staff, our general community at that college. Right. I would rather be able to take the chance to be less of a risk to them than any fear that it might have on me, you know? Yeah. And I mean, from what I understood, all the past presidents have agreed to take it. So, I mean, you know, hopefully there's some truth in that. Yeah. Not saying I know there is or not, but we'll have to find out. All I'm saying is the first batch of the PS5s <laughs> were smoking, bro. So uh, I'll give myself a couple months. Yo, wait, for the second wave, <laughs> the third wave. I, I trust them. I, trust I, I get them. that shit. I get that shit. <laughs> I definitely do, man. I'll get it eventually. For right now. If you don't mind me asking, um, you've probably had loved ones who've um, tested positive, right? Me? Yeah. I have not. Then what about loved ones, I mean? Like oh, lo- loved ones, yeah. But you personally? No, no. See, and that's why I'm in the same boat too. Yeah. So that's why a part of me definitely agrees with you because we're like, man, we haven't caught it yet. So right. there must be something going good with us. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe we're, we're practicing. Built different, bro. We're built different. I, I'm built different. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean like, I mean, even my, my lady, man, my girlfriend, we've been dating for a year and a half. And I mean, of course, we've been living in close proximity. She yeah. hasn't caught it yet either. And so I think, but here's the problem, dog. And again, everything is so multi-leveled and faceted. While I admit that I've never got it, and I admit that I'm trying my best to wear a mask everywhere I go, I wash my hands religiously. I try my best not to touch my eyes and my face, even though I love touching my face. You know, all that to say that like, it doesn't make me want to tell anybody else to relax. Because like, dog, this, this virus is, and here's the big thing that people don't often understand. The, the chance of someone having the flu, the common flu, and spreading it is 1.3 like, times. Like yeah. you're, you're bound to spread it to one person, 1.3 of a person, right? right? That's your, your uh, contagious factor. I read that from the CDC that the, the contagious factor of this COVID shit, dog, it's like two people, three people, four people, I think. And that adds up quickly, bro. Yes. It's there's, like a, you, there's a big difference between one... And two, like, I, it doubles quickly. Yes, man. Yeah. Like, and that's what people don't understand because they think a percent's like, oh, well, in my math class, one percent isn't a lot. Yeah. But like, think about one percent out of fucking like billions of pe- millions of people. Yeah. You know, it's you crazy. One percent of ten billion or hundred. Exactly. Like, fuck you. Exactly. We're dealing with different factors, and so while while I hundred percent understand that, like, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I might not be perfect. You know, we still we're definitely sitting here. Me and you go out. Every once in a while. Yeah. I'm never going to tell somebody who's personally like my grandma's, uh, 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 um, what's it called? What's the word? She has comor- co- comorbidities. Like she's ailed by something, you know, she yeah. has an asthma. She has a weakened immune system and I, I take care of her. I'm not going to tell you to stop being as cautious. Mm-hmm. I 100% think we should, we should be encouraging all people to stay in as much as possible. But the problem is you can't tell people to stay in in one breath. And then the next breath, tell them, but rent still due at the end of the month. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We still need to pay rent. We still need to operate. We still need to learn. We still need to go to school. And for what people might not admit is we still need to socialize. Yeah. This is, this is a part of like our healthy dynamic. You know what I'm saying? You, the reason we punish people with solitary confinement is because you're taking something to them that they need. Right. You know, which I would argue is, is shouldn't be allowed. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. That's fucking disgusting it's like psych it's psychological type damage you're doing it's something you can't recover from Mm-mm. no matter what i mean yeah fuck that i can't 
if I lived with my family for four months this past semester, this past or past spring semester. Oh yeah. Um, during the quarantine, bro, and I was going crazy just with me socializing, so socializing with the same people every day. Imagine it no being one. like, yeah, minimized to just me. Uh, I, I I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> I'd go crazy, definitely. I don't know if I'm inclined to schizophrenia or something, but. I got some in me, bro. <laughs> like, and but I mean, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> in my opinion, man, I think that's all of us. A lot of us, a lot of us might not be able to recognize it because we're fortunate that we always had a school or we always had a job that we get to talk to some people at. Right. But like, take, take, take. If you really don't believe that you need company, I challenge you to like sit alone, avoid people as hard as you can for like two days. You'll feel it. You will feel it. And that's what some people don't. Uh, that's why people don't um go for lack of a better term um soul searching oh yeah like how we were just talking about like like venture out into different ideas unlearn learn new things because mm-hmm. they're so um i don't know what you just said bro yeah they're, they're, they're afraid the yeah they're afraid. Like it's, it's, yeah it's a scary thing and it really is to leave your comfort zone to to leave everything that you've ever known behind you is it's it's, it's not comfortable oh yeah but it, it's oh, necessary yeah. to grow I don't know. To your growth, yeah. To who you want to be as a person, and the part about soul surgery that we've been talking about all today is that we're trying to escape our environment as much as possible. And I think that sometimes he falls ill of being a part of it, right? Too rigidly, you know. Like he won't, he won't necessarily, you know. Like I mean, the big examples. Like he's one of those people who thinks that like transgender men being stuck to going to women's bathrooms but wanting to go to men's bathrooms he'll consider it like oh society's like acting all weird like why are we telling these people like they can just you know isn't it wacko that we're letting them identify however they want to identify you know what i'm saying like when there's when there's super new like super progressive concepts i notice that bill moore is kind of hesitant to adopt them because again they're different you know and that's very human it's very natural but like He'll often parrot maybe less honest talking points right. about like transgender issues or race issues, but it's not coming from a place of like bigotry. I don't believe he's a bigot. Yeah, I just definitely believe that maybe he doesn't adopt. Yeah. He doesn't adopt new. He's not in, in the interest of progressing. So as conservative much as, in that in that aspect. Yeah, I think he's I think he's conservative in the sense of like new policies. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. sense, but as far as. The fascism thing. That yeah. About so, to, yeah, to take it back to the concept of like what we consider fascism and what we, our understanding of it is, mm. is man, I, I definitely believe that the problem with people who don't actually study politics and don't actually take the time to understand history is they'll consider anything that is like incredible over overheaded control, like right. c- control coming from above as fascist, you know? And so that's why we exist in this part of our country where like I don't know if you remember but if we think back to like 2007 2008 one of the big talking points was like Obama's gonna take your guns away right and what's crazy is no one had their guns taken away in these exactly. past fucking 10 years you know but it's because those people will use the word fascism to make you believe that that's fascism whereas in reality the tough part is we won't be able to really tell tell what fascism is almost until it's too late right like just what What's his name? Hunter as Thompson said, like you won't know you're over the edge until you've done it. So, um, what, what he was saying though was that like the corporations basically run 
Oh yeah, our government right now, right? Yeah, and so sorry. Go ahead. You could uh, finish your thought, Doc. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree, man. I mean, I I can't help but agree with him because like what what we don't like think to yourself long and hard, dog. Why in the middle of a global pandemic that kills all of us the same, whether we're black, white, or poor? Excuse me, I shouldn't say that. Whether we're black, white, Asian, Indian, rich, or poor, right. kills us all the same. And our country, albeit I'll give them that they tried making some changes. Why is it that when those changes were implemented and most of us got kicked out of our jobs, most of us couldn't really work, why are there a select few people who seem to own the Walmarts, who seem to own the Amazons, who own the Tesla cars? Why are these people richer now than before the pandemic hit? Okay. Like, how, how did everybody lose money? How did the stock market crash? Me, me coming from, like, a like being able to step outside. Yeah. I think because, well, what does Amazon do? It delivers things to your doorstep, right? That's fair. It gives you the ability to not to, to order something that you need uh-huh. without having to leave the comfort of your own home. Fair enough. Fair. So, which I think is... um. It was important for this, like for for this pandemic. You know, what mm, I mean? yeah. same with Uber Eats. Same with I'm sure their stock rose. You know what I mean? Maybe, um, maybe Walmart delivery pickup. I don't know, but I guess Amazon was the only one that I could be like, okay, well, I can understand how their their stocks went up, how they got rich, or how Bezos got richer. You know what I mean? That's a fair point. I guess my I guess where my issues might still land, and maybe you could tell me if you feel the same. Yeah. But like, how does that how does that affect like? Like, like the guys who are like producing cars, you know what I'm saying? How are they still profiting in a time like this when others are not? In fact, the bigger ones that I know for a fact is we just barely, we bailed out the airline industry. How, how come an airline industry can get government subsidies, which if you, if you look into what a subsidy is, right. it's the same thing as corporate, well, uh, not corporate, it is corporate welfare, but it's the same thing as regular welfare. Yeah. Why is it, in one hand, America is so angry about people who use, you know, food stamps to go get food for their family, right. but is not equally as outraged when we bail out Delta, Southwest right. Airlines, you know, American Airlines, so, all these companies? Where I find the flaw in, like, American democracy, or maybe even just democracy as a whole mm-hmm. in, like, 2020, or this, I guess this 21st century, yeah. is... um. Like democracy should be something run by like peer, using peer logic and like rationale. Whenever there's like a third party um, um substance like yeah. money, like a factor. Involved. Yeah, it, it taints what good democracy should be. You know what I mean? Because then once you bring money to the equation, you have your human qualities, your flaws like um greed, um. I don't know anything that money can bring on to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Debt, sadness. Like it's it's weird, but I I think that's where we fucked up. Like just intertwining government, democracy, and money. And I know that economy is a really big part of how somebody runs a government. Just because how are you going to fund yourself? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there has to be some way to fix that. You know what? I think I think you're not weird for thinking that way, brother. Like honestly, America's what. 200 240 some years old okay at the founding of this country there was there's a group of people who decided that they were gonna say we the people and all this bullshit about freedom while majority of them still own slaves right Mm. we're not gonna get into the morality of all that but what we will say is that it is unarguable that at that point in society 
we the people and the and the Declaration of Independence was only going to be freedom for a select group of people. Right. That is what society was like. Fast forward now. Let's just fast forward a hundred years. Okay. Now you're at a point where the very society that was founded a hundred years prior began to splinter because the very foundation of understanding was we the people meant for everybody living here right. was at hand. That's when we had the Civil War and we decided that we the people would mean more than just white people, particularly white men. Right. Fast forward another 60 years, women now are included in that term, we the people. And then when you fast forward another 60 years, now it's not just we the people, black people and black women, black colored people in general having the ability to vote, but now it's colored people have the ability to sit next to non-colored people at the same dinner table. Now we have the same ability to bank in the same banks. Hopefully, and the idea was we were supposed to have the same ability to buy houses, but if you look into housing, generally speaking, black colored people in general, the bunch of blacks, were not able to live in the same neighborhoods. And that goes back into that new deal, giving a lot of people houses, a lot of them were people of color. To, to give you like a little mac- microcosm, like yeah. look at Dallas, like the schools that have the, the I guess that pay the highest property taxes, you'll find them having better high schools. Oh yeah. And look at the demographics of that school. Like you'll see a couple of Mexicans, a couple of black kids, but the majority of them are white. White. Yeah. Or even white Hispanic. Maybe, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, it's true. It's true. And again, no bigger, and that's the perfect example because no bigger institution shows that there's still like at least a, the, 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 the effects of segregation is still present in our society in schools. Mm. Like you're saying, like the fact that you could literally look at school quality and be like, and be able to at least closely gauge what the, uh, the demographics of that school is. That's so unfortunate. Right. You know what I'm saying? All that I'm getting at, I guess I, I, I not to move too far from my original point, yeah. is that we moved from a point in our society where this government was supposed to be a representative uh, demo- representative republic. Or, I have no clue. Yeah, we're not really a democracy. We, <laughs> yeah, I'm just be, here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to be a de- de- democracy, which is a representative republic, right? Yeah. And it was representing a very small pool that's been growing ever, ever, ever bigger. But what seems to be interesting is that that original pool of people benefits the most from this government still to this day and like you're saying it's because we have things like lobbyists we have things like industries that fund money that funnel money into these things with campaign contributions and things like that i i couldn't agree with you more as far as like should we get rid of this money in our in our government because at the end of the day we are only allowing a society where your dollar makes your voice worth more right whereas if we are truly a democracy which we claim to be which we are not yeah we are we should have every voice equally mean something this goes i mean i don't know if you maybe intend on asking this and i, I just want to at least add that like this is all why if someone were to ask me if i identified with a particular party in this country right. i can't say i do even that's, if that's how i feel too yeah and i 100 can't say i do and i respect that you can't either because i think right now what i've learned after also this year was the first time I've ever voted. Right. Not just in November, but I voted in the primaries too. I didn't vote this year. I, I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. But what I've learned is that I'm less about party loyalty now or party platforms, and I'm more about actual position platforms. One of the biggest things that I noticed that Democrats or Republicans aren't uh, shooting for, and I think that you would definitely like, is I'll challenge everybody listening to look into ranked choice voting. Right. 
It's a beautiful fucking concept that will actually... Can you explain that? Yeah, us? yeah. So ranked choice voting is a concept that would actually have all of our votes equal each other. Rather than our neighbor living over there in uh, um, the bluffs having his vote mean a little bit more because right. he can have dinner with our mayor, you know? So the way ranked choice voting works is that currently in the system that we exist in in this country, the way we vote is that we all vote for one candidate for a president, right? right. Okay. There's a whole population, they cast their ballots, and when they tally up these ballots, the, the person, whether it's, you know, Republican candidate, Democratic candidate, Libertarian candidate, Green Party candidate. Like that council kind of thing. Yeah. No, not quite. Not quite. What I'm getting at is that the way current voting works is that the person who wins the vote only needs 33% of the total votes. So ask her, excuse me. Ask yourself if someone who has 33% of the population behind them, does he really represent the majority of us? Clearly not, right? The way rate choice voting works is that you could go walk into the voting booth and you could look at Embu for president. You could look at Alex for vice uh, for president. You could look at Caesar for president. And when you look at all of us and you're like, okay, well, Embu... That man smell kind of funny. So I'm definitely going to vote for Alex for my president. Right. But in case Alex doesn't get enough votes, Caesar's my second pick. Right. This is the part of ranked choice. So when all the votes are con- con- uh, consolidated and they look at them and they say, okay, well, Embu got 30%, Alex got 30, 29%, and Caesar got 25%. So obviously Caesar's not anywhere close to the running, right? Yeah. That's where it doesn't end. What they do, instead of making Alex, the me, the winner because I made 30%, right. they eliminate Caesar and everybody who voted me or Alex as the their second, second pick, their vote now counts to that person. So now that increases. And so maybe Alex will overtake my 30% yeah. because more people voted for him second like you. Yeah. Doesn't that represent our will more than just, well, I, I can't vote third party because otherwise that's a vote for yeah, Trump. Yeah, you're throwing a vote away, technically speaking. That's what I'm saying. Like, why are we allowing a system that allows us to throw a vote away? Right. I, I, I look into it. Maine, no, it makes I, sense. It I believe really, Maine, really Maine already operates their state votes like this, their state elections. I wonder how that impacted their elections this past year. I wonder too. I'll definitely need to look into it if we ever have a follow up. But yeah, I definitely will, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, appreciate it. But man, this these are the concepts that I feel like people don't ask themselves often. Like I'm not sitting here interested in whatever you know Joe Biden's going to do as the presidency because in my opinion he's going to fail me. Not yeah. because I think that Republicans are better, but it's just structurally because there's no way he represents the majority of our our opinions because he didn't need it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, to be quite frank with you, the proof's in the pudding. Look at the people he's nominating for his cabinet right now. Most of them are people that were already connected to him or connected to banks or connected to Goldman Sachs. Just like Trump did. Same. Much of a fucking difference. Different shade of paint. Exactly. So why am I, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in changing the structures that brought us where we're at. Right. And I, I agree that it could bring us, I don't know, just greener grass, but... (laughs) Well, like I said, I I need to know what the happy medium is. I get like, it. Yeah, I get uh, it. Just just me logically like thinking like changing the structure of a society that operates with over three hundred million people. Yeah, it's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna take 40, 50, 100 years. It's gonna take a couple 
couple years, dude. But um, I don't know, man. Just fuck politics. <laughs> this, this, this is why I don't like talking politics like outside of what like my room. You know what I mean? Also, that's a really good guess, man. For those listening, three hundred twenty-eight point two million people. Yeah. You weren't off. The census should be updated pretty soon, so we'll see. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> but fuck politics, bro. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, son. What do you think about the um, Mandalorian? Have you ever been? Dog. It might be a controversial... I got a hot take, man. All right. I think the Mandalorian is the best piece of Star Wars entertainment that's came out in the last 20 years. Okay. Honestly. Uh, that, I, I can honestly agree. Uh, I, I've been... I've been watching it religiously, and I've been following up with other episodes, and bro, it keeps me hooked, dog. <laughs> not only that, the acting is better. The the so I, me personally, I think movies are or like the movie theater is not is gonna cease to exist, or at least the and the, the way that it exists right now is gonna cease to exist. You know what I mean? How do you feel about that? Um, change is good. Okay. Um, I feel like before twenty the twenty first century. They didn't give humans enough credit for like our attention capacity, or so they they'd give us an hour to sit in the movie theater and um, watch it. And to me now that I'm older, it doesn't it doesn't give me the time that I need with the characters that I'm investing my emotions into. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like I I'd, I'd rather watch I'd rather go to the movies every Friday for eight weeks to finish a season and have all the characters be properly developed. As opposed to me just going and watching a watered down version of whatever I watch, you know what I mean? I, I feel like that'd do a lot of a lot more books justice. G- give, giving them imagine Harry Potter series, bro. Every movie has like I don't know three, four episodes, two yeah, episodes. Yeah. I, I think the de- I, I'm a, I'm a stickler for details, bro. I, I love details. I, even in music, like I, I just think they deserve to be expanded on i get it man look at netflix bro let me let me and let me while i'm talking to you i want to pull it up just to make sure that i uh i don't i don't get it twisted i've been a fan of star wars since i was probably like the third grade man i remember i have a weird story of how i was put on but i had a buddy of mine we used to play sports together we used to ride bikes and stuff and his church he took me to somehow framed Star Wars and like the story of Jesus. <laughs> There's that non-denomination stuff, dog. <laughs> that's how it's I learned. Jedi, yes, that's, that's what I learned about Star Wars. I was definitely like, well, this is a weird way of putting it, but let me go check those movies out. Yeah. But with that, dog, I mean, I hope I can find it. But with all that being said, since I was in the third grade, man, I've loved this story. I've loved Star Wars. What really like stood out to me is just that like, I like the story that like, and, and I think that includes these newer movies. Right. I like the fact that it's the story of one family and particular individuals in that family, their attempts to do what's right. Right. And sometimes they just fuck up. Yeah. And like, don't we all? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's, that's so fucking, fucking poetic that like, it, 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 it does all that while also having the best, like, I mean, with the original trilogy, the best special special effects to ever come out in that time of the age, right? Pra- and practical effects are so sick, bro. Yes. I love practical effects. Yes, the fucking... The fucking CGI. The, yeah, the puppets <laughs> and shit. The things that they were doing in that movie, like, that, that was the best they could ever do in that time. And then we look at the, um, the, the, the you know, the, the prequel movies. Yeah, maybe they were doing some shit that was a little whack with the special effects and the CGI. Right. But holy crap, that was one guy's vision. And, like, I liked how it just, like... It might not have flowed perfect, but it flowed. Like yeah, it made yeah. sense, and you knew where they were going. When you watched that first movie, 
you you can feel that like and then you watch the second one and the third one you felt like this is what this guy had all in mind when he was writing that first one right so now a little bit i feel different about these new ones i do have a really soft spot in my heart for all of them but i will be lying to you if i told you that like i don't feel like they would have been better if they would have been like one or two people's solid vision because since they had that jj abrams guy and he was setting things up right and then uh ryan johnson was in the middle and he was definitely trying to subvert expectations. Like he was trying to, mm-hmm. like you thought someone was going just this like way. Presidency, bro. Like exactly, this, like, dude. Just fuck. <laughs> shifting and shit. Yeah. Dude. And I'm not saying it was bad. In fact, in my opinion, while I don't like the Last Jedi that much, I bet you five bucks in a couple of years people will think that's the best movie in the trilogy. You know? Yeah. But with that being said. It just made it a little bit harder for Abrams when he came back mm-hmm. because he had a vision on that movie seven that now he's coming into movie nine hoping to connect. But he has a whole movie in between he has to work around. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why we have some shit like Palpatine coming back. I saw that, bro. I didn't like that shit. I didn't it's, like it's it. It's a little weird. It's a little weird just because like that, mean, that means the whole dramatic shit about Darth Vader turning into a good guy and throwing him over the edge and killing him. It don't mean shit because he's bad, you know. But at the same time, I you, you still... think they're gonna just develop Palpatine's character more so, like leading up to the events that we've already like seen, mm. or because that'd be cool. Because like how you're saying, like it, it develops the character a little bit more. It shows the goods and the bads. Yeah, not just the like how we we think Palpatine and we see like oh this guy's like completely Evil. a bad guy. Fuck this guy. Yeah, but we didn't really see his struggles as like a grandpa or like as a dad. You know what I mean? That's true. That is true. I, I, I definitely interesting. I definitely think that. Um, I definitely think that. I feel like as, a nerd, dog. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck it. This is what it's all about, man. I, I I I I love the community being able to talk about this because I don't think they're gonna ever express how, how he was as a dad, just because like the way the last movie set it up is yeah. that like, he had that kid and fuck he kind of he just fucked his kid. Yeah, but I mean, you're not wrong. And this is the beautiful thing that I was gonna get into. I used to like when Star Wars movies were very special. They were like events. Right. But I really fuck with what The Mandalorian did now because now it's like a TV show and it's 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 on the same like quality of a movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know if you saw recently, but now like Obi-Wan's going to get a TV show about like his that. past. And so like there's going to be a bunch of little TV shows and I like that. Because now, like you're saying, I might not have wanted a whole movie. Mm-hmm. This is why I didn't like that Han Solo movie, to be honest with you. I might not have wanted a whole movie about Palpatine, but I could fuck with a TV show about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I could definitely fuck with that. And so, man, I definitely think that like Star Wars is amazing because it gives you these opportunities to tell you these stories in just this fantastic setting. And I think... Because it's all within that backdrop of that family trying to do what's right. right. And then even when it moves past them, it's still talking. I mean, like the Mandalorian, it's so cool to me because now it's like this one guy and we're following him and he's just like me or you if you really yeah, think about his it. Individual struggles, yeah. dude. Motherfucker is trying, trying to attain his goal. Exactly. You know I mean? Motherfucker's not throwing rocks and shit. And he's good. He's yeah. bad. He, he was a bounty hunter at one point. Exactly. He's trying to save his little kid now. And. That had a bounty on it. Like, it's, it's, it's so sick, bro. I love it. I, I definitely fucked with the fact that, like, he started out as, like, a guy who was, like, I'm just doing my job. Mm. And then you slowly started to see that, like, there's some humanity in there. Like, he he didn't need to take care of this kid, but I here think, he is doing it. Did you watch his last episode? I'm caught up, yeah. Okay, bro. So, I, I thought, uh, like, in my head, like, I, I connect dots, bro. Like, his helmet was used to, like, I don't know, like, not show 
to not show humanity within like who he is, right? Like, Go ahead. Like he's 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 just a working man trying to get done what he got to get done. Mandal- for those of you who don't watch Star Wars, Mandalorians are like war motherfuckers, you know? It's like it's like a group of warriors. Yeah, and um, he took his helmet off this past episode, which Mandalorians are not supposed to do. And I don't know. I thought that um, him taking off his helmet personified him showing personified or like. Was it an analogy or a metaphor for him? Um, damn, I just said all the fucking figurative languages, bro. One of them. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. Like him having a human side to him as opposed to him just like being a war warrior. You know what I mean? I mean, so you're, you're, you're touching on a really good point because, I mean, remember in the end of the first season? Remember whenever that robot took off his helmet? Right. He was all freaking out about it. And then now when you fast forward now, he takes off his helmet and he knows that it's like it's for a purpose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then even before that scene where he took off his helmet, he would change into that guard's armor, but he didn't do it in front of them. Remember, he was around that corner yeah. and shit. You're definitely hitting on the point that, like, as the story's progressing, you're seeing how, like, he came in, We found him on episode one with a certain framework. With us, right. We're still talking about framework. We saw him with a certain way of thinking. And as the series has progressed, because he's he's he found this child that he grew a connection to. He's had friends now, teammates. Right. He's developed bonds that to him are worth more than his religious framework. Because if you really think about it, it's kind of like a religion, this yeah. Mandalorian yeah, shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so like he's found bonds that are worth more to him than his religious framework. Right. So I, I, really would, I would argue that art is going to contribute to the progression of like human society here. Oh, I mean, always, always has. has been, right? But always like, has. Netflix and Disney Plus now more than ever. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, it's, 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 con- it's TV content that's like... I mean, it's higher quality than like you know Smallville or some other TV shows we used to Smallville, watch. Smallville, you used to watch Smallville. Uh, yeah, I used to watch fuck? Smallville. I've been talking about that in a long time, bro. <laughs> I used to watch oh, Smallville, and I love it. But let's be real, like it wasn't no movie quality right, shit, right. you know, because it was on the TV. Twenty minutes, not including commercials, yep. or including commercials. Yep, yep, yep. Thirty minutes with commercials. Yeah, but like, look at TV now. Like, you Mandalorian is a TV series, but this shit looks like a movie. Right. And it's because they're they they, they Thank Netflix. God for Disney. <laughs> Honestly, hey, fuck you for buying everything, but I love you, Disney. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. I feel, it's a love hate. Oh, fuck, dude. But fuck. seriously though, uh would I just say fuck Disney? But that, that song we just listened to, uh, Devil's Advocate. Yeah. I feel like that's what we are in today's society. I I don't know, bro. Like fuck society as a whole, but <laughs> um, people like us are gonna end up being the anchor for what we're going to need later on you know what i mean so but the devil's advocate for sure i get that we just call we're just called that now yeah because we were seen as like either one people are like oh you're sympathizing with them too much or you're sympathizing with them too much and everybody's pulling you to make a decision right but like you just see you see the the picture we're the anchor bro yeah like fuck that but okay fucking disney thank you for buying star wars star wars marvel i was a little worried at first but they've been doing a good fucking job, dude. You think so? Yes. Okay. I, I, okay. I love it. I, I don't... You, you didn't get to talk a lot about your opinion on the movies. Tell me about what your opinion of all the movies are. Okay, so I'm not a lifelong fan like you. I get it. I I just hopped on Star Wars this past quarantine. Oh, bet. I used it as a... Uh, I don't know. I'm like quite the escapologist. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, uh, I did everything I could to get out of my house while still being in my house. I respect And Star that. Wars did it for me. Like... Start one, two, three, four, five, like all the episodes. I, I, I was 
like I was invested emotionally in all of them, and I loved how this story like. Cont- oh, obviously they weren't. They're not in order, right? When yeah. You're, but but the story like it's there. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I and I love investing myself. Into- did you did you watch them in exact order, like one through nine, or did you kind of like skip around, or did you start with the older ones, like four through six first? We we started. So what happened was we started one through three, and we're like, oh shit, like. We saw the fourth one in the year that it was made, and it just didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. So we went back and watched it in order how it was supposed to go. Oh. So I didn't watch it how you guys watched it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's different, mm-hmm. but I loved it. You well, know well, what I mean? Like, so, so I mean, like, me personally, some of the characters that stood out to me a lot, it's like, of course, like everybody loved Luke. You know, like, he was one of my favorites. Fuck Luke. You don't like him? He's all right. Ah, shit. <laughs> Anakin, dog. You like Anakin? Yeah, bro. Dog, man. I don't know. Something about the way he fucking, hey, man, he fumbled the bag, dude. Like, he kind of just slipped up. And I, like I said, everybody does it, but it's the way that he did it. I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I just, like, obviously, like, I was one of the kids that he fucking killed. Yeah. I'd be upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but me, like, seeing it from the couch. I mean, it was bound to happen, you know, like, like how we said, there's no such thing as good or bad people. It's Chef true. Salad. Chef Salad. That, that was what he was um, inclined to do from the beginning. You know what I mean? I get it. That Yoda saw that hoe. <laughs> he That's saw true. that shit. Yoda was talking to him about let it go. If like, you want to talk, dude, Obi-Wan Kenobi is the one that has to be blamed. Dude, if you want to, you're, you're opening up hot takes that you don't <laughs> even know. I am 100% in the camp. That and I love him to death. Represent my brother Mace Windu, dog. <laughs> but Mace Windu and Obi Wan and all those Jedi are hundred percent to blame. Yes, hundred percent. Yoda told him not to. <laughs> yeah, not even just that, but like, let's be real. Have you ever fucking done some shit? Like, I'm hundred percent guilty of breaking shit in the house or stealing stuff that you could never tell your parents about. That you're just like, oh yeah, you know, your parents love telling you you could tell me anything, but you know, damn well you can't. Right. That's the Jedi Order, dog. They kept telling people that they should just be good people, but this man Anakin couldn't tell him that he knocked up his baby mama on the side. Yeah, bro. If he was hey, able to sh- tell them, shout out Natalie Porter, <laughs> my girlfriend. Dog. Like, I've been I've been in love with you since 2003, Natalie Portman. Please message me back. But <laughs> my DMs are in there somewhere. Yo, speaking of Natalie Porter, have you watched um V for Vendetta? I've seen it. Yes, bro. The- Okay, so I was trying to get my roommates on V for Vendetta during uh, election season because yeah. like, I, was, I was hyped. Yeah. They took it off for election season. You're they, joking. No, they just put it on like a week ago. We'll See, it back on. that wouldn't surprise me though because that shit's talking about like Ideas. fuck the system yeah, and yeah, shit yeah, yeah. and they don't want people thinking about all that. Ah, but it's okay to think about that after elections. That's a NATO construct, bro. That's all it is. <laughs> you want to overthrow the government? Sorry, FBI. <laughs> Can't do that. CIA. Can't do that during election yeah. season. Only it can only happen during election season, bro. Not, not, <laughs> not any other. Not not every other year. Not every other three months. Every four years in November, you can attempt to overthrow the government. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix. According to Netflix, and yeah. Shit. Fuck Netflix. Now, man, I I love that movie, and again, like that's one of those movies too that like I feel like. It just had a message that I could fucking get yeah. down with, low key. Like, not necessarily that I want to be a fucking vigilante, but like, you could definitely see that. I want to be a vigilante, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that had me up. This dude. man Chris is about to be hopping up on the building. Intellectual shit. fucking vigilante that ends up with Natalie Porter. Dude, <laughs> that's the life, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. I get it, though. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, I definitely think, even though Luke is definitely up there on my list. 
My favorite character, and you'll think I'm crazy for it, is his sister, dog. I really fuck with Leia. She's probably my favorite character. Just because, like, nah, she's. Bro, there's something like her. There's something about a bad bitch. Like, she just, like, not even just, like, because she's fine. Well, she definitely was back then. Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher, dog. Real talk. But what I mean is, like, she was the type of girl who was, like, grabbing blasters and she was shooting her way out of shit. But she was also she was also a diplomat. She was smart and strategic. You know what I'm saying? Sounds like a cartel's kingpin's wife. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A girl that can hold her own. And like I think I think there's something about I don't know, man. There's something about strong women that attract me. Like, yeah, I, like I just that. I fuck with bitches that like handle their own stuff. Right. You know. For, for me, bro, I like women that are interesting. Dog. I get it. Half the uh, sorry women that I've talked to before. Oh. But half the women that I've talked to, bro. It just always talk about the same shit, bro. I get it. It's it's just. I mean, I get it, but I'd like to turn that off once in a while. You know, I, I already do that when I'm at school or when I'm outside the house. I just want to be able to fucking. I don't know. That's which is stupid. <laughs> damn. I mean, we 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 spend a lot of our time up and about thinking, talking. I'm sure the the last thing you want is to have someone saying shit to you that you've already heard. Oh yeah, bro. <laughs> Dude, it's it's terrible. But I guess I'll find out it's in store for me later on in life. Hey man. Um, as far as um what you're doing, so I'm aware that you have a project going on. Let the people know what's going on. Man. Appreciate appreciate. So um, of course, like my 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 main goals right now is I'm the Angelo State University newspaper. So you can check us out at ASU rampage all one word.com so that's kind of my 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 main goals my main things i'm chasing but um i have a personal project and it's a youtube channel called visionary bebop and so i'm hoping to kind of turn it into a video essay video podcast kind of series right. where i get to talk to a bunch of people about what um what kind of makes them yeah. and so i guess when, when i created visionary bebop the the goal behind it was definitely that uh i i like like I talked about earlier, I like to believe that I can connect some dots and that leads me to have a bit of an insight that's a bit past what everybody else might be able to think. Um, but I'm also a huge fan of of teamwork, of collaboration, of coming together. And one of the best examples of that that I could think of is that my dad used to listen to a lot of jazz music and a genre of jazz music is called bebop. And what it's the reason it's called bebop is because it's supposed to be like, you ever heard of like that old scat jazz where it's yeah, like, it's like yeah, and it's like, it sounds kind of chaotic and crazy, right? Because right? the trumpets are going, the drums are banging, but then like it it, it 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 slowly but surely all synchronizes into at least one direction. It's right. going somewhere. Like we've been talking with what we've been doing here today, like that 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 that's my goal. I like to show people that we are we are really all looking in the same direction. Chef salad. Exactly. We're all the chef salads, man. We're getting tossed in the same direction. Exactly. Whether we whether we think we are or not. Yeah. And so yeah, if you you know check us out at Visionary Bebop on YouTube, there's a video up there already, and there'll be another one coming before the end of the year. Well, thank you, Embu. What's your full name again, man? Embulelo ah, Makungo. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you like the sound? Fuck the cause. Fuck you. To the coffee, the coffee, son. son.